Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 176. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. Thank you for joining me again here on The Power Play. It's good to be back behind the microphone again. I had a little time off there. Uh, actually, the episodes you'd been listening to, I pre-recorded before I took off on a couple of trips, uh, first to Ecuador and then visiting my family for Thanksgiving in Georgia. So I uh, hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, of course, we're heading back into the holidays. But um, you know, I, was, I took a run today. I, w- I was up on South Table Mountain outside of Golden, Colorado, and I, I got to thinking that It's now been a year since I uh, resurrected the We Are Superman podcast and um, wanted to bring this back to all of you, uh, how many listeners I know enjoyed listening to David. And while I will never be David, um, I I just wanted to keep this podcast going to serve all of you. And I started thinking about all the guests that I've had. And I I came home and I looked it up and I've actually recorded 70 episodes now in the past year. Um, David had recorded 106, so it's kind of funny, but that I've almost recorded as many episodes as David. I'll be coming up on that here uh, early 2022. But you know, thinking back about so many of the inspirational stories, and um, you know, if, if I were a big time podcaster like Rich Roll or something, who always puts out a best of episode every year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the engineers here to put together a good best of uh, episodes. And of course, you know, that would make my life easier in a way. I, I wouldn't have to keep recording episodes. But, uh, you know, you can certainly go back and listen, of course, to uh, lots of these episodes. I mean, so many great comeback stories. You know, one of the things that was David's hallmark was basically transforming. If you've read his book out there, you know, he was once a 320 pound drug addicted, fast food junkie, alcoholic, who turned himself into this 160-pound endurance powerhouse who accomplished amazing feats like uh, running Badwater a couple of times and running the Leadville 100 and um, doing the epic things he did like 343 laps on a track and running 48 hours straight on a treadmill and being part of a group running across the country and riding his fat tire bike from Detroit to – I'm sorry, from Chicago to New York through six NHL cities – in January, um, just just incredible things he did, and so the, the, we are Superman podcast. I, one of the hallmarks has always been people who have come back from uh, um, amazing uh, deficits, adversities, whatever you want to call them, challenges. You know, I think back to people like uh, Julia Beckley we had on here, who, um, as you heard, she has a debilitating condition that causes her bones to become so brittle they just turn into stress fractures all the time, and she's competing and pushing herself to. Um, to, to complete a 100-mile race is her hope. Um, she'd hoped to do that the American Heroes run this year, but got thwarted by the hot weather. But uh, in fact, I know today she was uh, in the California International Marathon. I have not yet heard how she did, but um, you know, just a great athlete and very motivational, inspirational. And then talking to people like Ian Lawton over in Ireland, who did 10 marathons in 10 days on a track in Ireland to honor the 10th anniversary of the death of his infant son, Hank. 
um, just, you know, incredibly emotional thing. And uh, just, you know, what a comeback. This was a guy also who was morbidly obese, uh, bad health habits, uh, suicidal, and has turned himself into this fantastic ultramarathon runner. Or I think about Brad Kelly, the guy who was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome and was told he would be in a wheelchair his entire life. And the guy has completed the Kona Ironman. This year he completed a quintuple Ironman, five Ironmans in a row, if you can picture that. I know this weekend he ran the Memphis Marathon, once again, wearing an Ironman costume just to entertain the kids and support the uh, cancer fighting work that St. Jude's Hospital does. Um, I think of Stan Cottrell, the guy who ran across the country um, from LA to DC, 30 miles a day for 100 days, and he's 78 years old. Uh, just an incredibly uplifting, motivational uh, guy to listen to. Uh, um, I, yeah, in fact, I would encourage you to go back and listen to any of these episodes you haven't heard yet. Um, Hannah Halverson, who you know overcame getting hit by a car in downtown Anchorage, was very severely injured, and she's back on the World Cup ski tour right now. Uh, she earned some points last season, and uh, she's back as a regular on the tour. And the U.S. Uh, ski team actually has been doing pretty well here in the early season. Uh, Rosie Brennan and Ju- Julia Diggins and, and others are doing just fantastic. So, Or uh, I think of Leon Gray, the guy who uh, wears a shirt that says, I was hit by a bus. I mean, he literally was, and he's, he's come back, and he's racing. So, you know, I think about some of these great comeback stories that I hope have motivated you over the year. And that's, you know, exactly why, um, you know, I wanted to bring this back. But also thrown in some other folks, uh, you know, some great runners and people in the world, people like Dean Carnassus, who was just on a couple weeks ago, Robbie Ballinger, who uh, did the Colorado Crush this summer, uh, Zach Bitter, who owns the 100 mile. Uh, 100 mile world record. Uh, you know, ran 100 miles in, I uh, forget the time now, but just in- incredibly fast. Or, you know, we had a whole bunch of uh, very notable people from Leadville, including the winners, Annie Hughes and Adrian McDonald. Of course, had a good talk with uh, Cole Clober, the uh, voice of the, or, or the really the heartbeat now of the uh, Leadville Trail 100 and, and all the Leadville race series. So we, we really got in depth with Leadville this year. So I hope that was entertaining for you. Um, you know, and even, oh, speaking of comebacks, how about Simone Brick? I mean, there, there's a young woman who fought back from obesity and severe depression. I mean, I'm talking about the depression where she was institutionalized, and now she is the most uplifting, cheerful, badass trail runner, uh, you know, and, and she spent her part of her summer over in Europe uh, taking on the trails and, and just a wonderful, wonderful, great story. And uh, I, I would always recommend you listen to the podcast that both David and I have done with Simone because she is just fantastic. And um, then you have some people who are out there for social causes, even, you know, people like Josh Lajani, who gets out there and runs uh, basically making a statement for racial justice, or Dakota Jones, who is a very fine runner in his own right, a guy who's won the Pikes Peak Marathon, for instance, but his whole thing is about uh, protect our winters and about climate change and He's, he spends an awful lot of his efforts uh, running camps to not only have people run at the camp, but empower them to take on their own climate change fighting causes. So, uh, you know, we've had a couple of episodes like that. Um, you know, I, I think about some of the uh, 10 warriors um, who, you know, David first mentored and, you know, overcame their issues, you know, whether it was Ed Barnett, the guy who, you, you know, very... Uh, unhealthy lifestyle. He, his goal was to pretty much make it to every Buffalo Wild Wings in the country. And um, he has turned himself now into a guy who's finished a 50-mile race. And he just finished a half marathon. I th- think he said it was his 10th half marathon uh, just this past weekend as well. 
Um, Packer Wilson, who is still on the kidney transplant wait list. So, you know, if, if you um, know anybody who can help out Packer, um, you know, get yourself on the registry and maybe you can help Packer or somebody else waiting for a kidney. But um, people like Packer, who actually got himself up and down uh, Mosquito Pass during the Leadville um, heavy half this year. And, um, you know, the guy, uh, you know, on dialysis every day and yet, uh, he was able to accomplish that or Marion Cosgrove, another one of the 10 warriors who has overcome her alcoholism to be, um, she works in law enforcement in Murray, Kentucky, and has you know, accomplished an awful lot running wise in her own right. Um, so, you know, I think about stories like that, or just recently we had Gary Cahill on, he was the last episode guy who was a stage four cancer survivor, stage four cancer in three organs and was attempting to finish the hundred miler at the American heroes run. And, uh, unfortunately he did him in as well, but, um, you know, some, again, motivational stories I just loved. And then we had some unique ones out there. Uh, Alicia Shearer was on who, she uh, told us all about burrow racing, you know, kind of the uh, Colorado uh, heritage sport, very unique. Uh, you're running with a burrow, very, very fun episode to hear her talk about that. Or I talked with Tyler Andrews, who I just spent some time in Ecuador with here last month and, uh, you know, setting FKTs all over the world, including running up and down volcanoes in South America and having the FKT for the Everest Base Camp trail run. And then a guy like um, John Kudrowski, who has been leading trips up um, Mount Everest. He's been up to the summit of Everest many times, and he uh, have wrote a book about sleeping on top of all the Colorado 14ers. So uh, people are just doing just incredible stuff. And then you know, we had some guests on this year, I recall, who um, were very much in the mode of helping runners. Um, you know, kind of my forte being that I'm a coach. Uh, we had people like Jason Coop, a renowned ultramarathon coach with the train right uh, people down in um, Colorado Springs, and uh, he's got his own podcast, the Coopcast. Uh, he was instrumental in helping me get on the air in the first place. And uh, definitely, uh, I would recommend that for a listen for you at any time. Uh, Douglas Weissoff was on talking about running form. Uh, Adam St. Pierre was on talking about, um, you know, group dynamics and how, how to use that towards uh, bettering your runner running. Um, I mean, Adam is a very renowned coach and He's uh, not only coaches runners, but he's the Nordic ski coach up at Montana State University. And then Colin Lyons, who uh, is a sports psychologist. And so we talked about some subjects that help uh, our mental preparation. I hope to have Colin back on here in the near future to talk as well. And then uh, finally, mentioned Gary Stotler, who a uh, great motivational speaker, author. Um, we, we did a lot of uh, fun episodes and power plays and um, one of the things we're going to do is, um, I know one of the more popular episodes that David ever had was the one where uh, Gary and David and I did Merry Fucking Christmas, and uh, Gary and I are going to go ahead and reprise that here in the next couple of weeks. So that will be fun. And, uh, you know, I was looking back, but it was almost a year ago uh, to the day that, um, well, actually, probably be a year to the day when I released this that um, Nico Brooks and Chad Pritchard and I did our Remembering David Clark episode. And uh, to this date, that is the highest number of downloads this podcast has ever had. All the people who listen to uh, Nico and Chad and I talk for more than two hours about David and everything that he meant. And I'm going to do more this coming year to kind of bring David's thoughts to all of you. Um, you know, I, I think um, 
you know, I, I still think every day, you know, what would David do in the situation I'm in? Or, you know, what w- there's so many times when I wish I could still sit down and talk to David about things going on. And I hear that all the time from people. People always tell me how much they miss him and how much they would love to hear, you know, be able to talk to David. So I'm going to try to bring more of David's wisdom to everybody here in this coming year. But, you know, those are just some thoughts I had while out on my run today. And, you know, I was, I was running and uh, to get into kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk about here today, is, you know, I was uh, running up on South Table Mountain and basically uh, having a a nice time going up the trail that leads up to uh, South Table Mountain is a very large flat top uh, mesa, if you would, outside of Golden. And you have a great view of uh, downtown Denver and all the way down to Pikes Peak and up to the Flatirons and Boulder. You can probably see just about to the Wyoming state line. It's just a great place to go run. And uh, but once I got up there, I knew there was wind in the forecast, but uh, you know, once you get up there and you're totally exposed, uh, the wind was blasting me pretty good. And I was doing pretty well, but um, you know, I was thinking, you know, my, my legs are kind of sore from me. I did a run yesterday. I did a um, one of my off-day workouts, if you would, is I, I went to the gym on Friday, uh, uh, two days ago, and basically I spent 40 to 60 minutes on the stair, uh, stair climber, and then another 30 to 45 minutes on the spin bike, and I do a bunch of weightlifting, and just my legs were kind of sore and everything, and I was just thinking, man, I just miss those days when I feel invincible. Um, you know, obviously I had more of those when I was younger. It's tougher and tougher as I get older. It seems like I can have one great day and have a crappy day back-to-back uh, very commonly, but at one point, then I turned around and I had the wind at my back and I was just, you know, feeling great flying, you know, with the wind pushing me and the wind was probably upwards of 30 miles an hour. I, I know there were wind gusts up about 85 miles an hour up in the mountains here today. Uh, we, we get that kind of thing in Colorado. In fact, a couple of unfortunate wildfires have broken out. We've been so dry. Still, we have not had any snow. Here we are in early December. We still have not had any snow in Denver. So we're in a really extreme drought situation. I hate to say a couple of wildfires have broken broken out. And with this wind, I hope it doesn't become a huge, huge issue, but uh, it, it very well could. But nevertheless, I'm running with wind at my back and just feeling really good. And I, I got to thinking about, you know, obviously, we all know about the concept of periodization. And periodization basically means that we um, alternate. Um, it could be day to day. We all know the concept of hard and easy running. You know, one day hard, you don't run two days hard in a row, so you run an easy day after that. And you um, basically, when you're younger, you can do one hard day for every easy day, but then you know, as you get older, you learn, well, maybe one hard day, two easy days, maybe three easy days. But again, it's all part of periodization. And periodization can be stretched out even more. So, um, you know, you can go from season to season is, is one of the most common ones. So, um, I, I was, uh, you know, running with the kids on my team. Um, you know, we're in the off season, we've completed cross country. And of course we're kind of back in the mode of we take it easy and we are in base building mode and, uh, having gone through the competitive season, in the fall, we're going to have the competitive season in the spring of tracks. So, um, and it's very common for a lot of runners to be doing that kind of off and on. In fact, last night I was at a wedding of a girl I used to coach and she used to run at University of Missouri, Kansas City. And one of her coaches there was at the wedding and uh, happens to be um, somebody by the name of Courtney Freericks, who was the silver medalist this year at the Olympics in the steeplechase. So I had a chance to uh, chat with Courtney a little bit. And of course, you know, the conversation turned to, well, yeah, she just got done with the Olympics in August and now she's in her base building phase basically. And, you know, basically taking it easier before she starts building up for, you know, what will be the next 
um, spring track season or, you know, whatever she's aiming for. But, and I got to thinking, wow, it's kind of funny. Everybody's kind of in that base mode right now. And so, um, and I've certainly used periodization over the years, but I think there's also a counter argument to it. Um, and, and I've even used um, the, the periodization from not only from season to season, day to day, but even from year to year. Um, when I was a much younger runner back in the 1980s and 90s, I used to alternate years. So the even numbered years, I would be training for the ultra distance. And in the odd numbered years, I would switch off and work more on my speed and focus more on the shorter distance stuff because I was still pretty fast and I really enjoyed running the fast 10K every now and then. In fact, I ran the Boulder Boulder like just about every year for about 22 years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so basically in um, 1984, 86, and 88, I ran the Pikes Peak Marathon, was kind of my keystone race those years. I ran uh, the Imogene Pass Run in 1990 in Southwest Colorado, and 92 was my first year running the Leadville 100. I ran it again in 94, so you can kind of see a pattern here, and it was the odd-numbered years where I would be doing the faster stuff. And I thought that really helped me from two aspects. One is to try to keep me fresher. I wasn't overdoing the mileage one year or overdoing the speed another year, from, you know, from year year, I think it also kind of kept me good mentally. I think it really helped me just, again, refocusing every other year so I wasn't trying to do the same thing every year. And I I think there is a lot of wisdom to that. But as I've gotten older, a lot of you know about my injury history is is pretty ridiculous. And, um, you know, like last month, I was in Ecuador, as I mentioned, and I ran over 50 miles for two straight weeks because I was feeling pretty good. Um, Fortunately, my Injuries are minimized a little bit, you might say, right now. They never go away with me, but um, I'm kind of taking advantage of the situation because, you know, I had a, I had a long stretch early in 2021 where I was I had a hamstring injury and it actually started in 2020, lingered into 2021. And when I was able to get back, I was able to build up in August of this year. I actually had my highest mileage month in about four years. And um, November ended up being a pretty good mileage month for me as well. And, um, but in between, of course, in October, September, I I did have some issues there. Part of it may have been related to all the smoke we were inhaling out here from the wildfires this summer. I had a couple of other small issues. It just seems there's always something with me, but, um, but you know, I'm feeling okay now. And whereas a lot of people would be in the mode of, okay, we're building base this time of year. I'm thinking I'm going to take advantage of this right now while I'm feeling good. And um, I I even look back at about, oh, five years ago, um, I had a friend who, um, my friend Craig, who has been my crew chief for some of my Leadvilles and good supporter and other runs I've done. And uh, he's also a high school track and cross country coach. And I remember he said to me about three weeks before the start of track season, he said, hey, you want to go run this marathon in Arizona with me right before the start of track season? And you know, I've always liked to take a, a little trip before the start of track season. Um, up until last year, I was running a youth sports business, as you know. I, I was basically just crazy year-round running youth sports with I-9 Sports. And um, I knew that once track season kicked in and I-9 Sports season kicked in, I literally would not have a single day off from then, you know, early March, basically late February, early March, all the way through until June. So I like to take a little trip. And so Craig said, hey, you want to go run this marathon? And I thought, you know, what the hell? 
Um, I hadn't done any long runs. Uh, actually, I did one long run more than 10 miles the entire winter, but I think I'd only missed four days of running that winter. So I thought, you know what? I'll take advantage of the fact that I probably are I'm in pretty good shape, maybe not marathon shape. And, uh, you know, went and ran this marathon. Actually, it's kind of a funny story because, um, I, you know, having not done any long runs, I kind of figured that the end of the run was going to be just an utter disaster for me. So um, I, I had a really dumb strategy for this race. And so uh, the race was the, the Lost Dutchman Marathon. Uh, really, really nice race, actually. Um, it was in Apache Junction, uh, just east of Phoenix. And so they bust us out uh, into the desert, and uh, it was dark still. And um, it was pretty cold. Um, they had bonfires built out there and everything. And I knew that the first part of the race would be downhill. And so my strategy really stupid was I was going to run the first 20 K as a 20 K race, basically. And then I was just going to back off. And from miles, you know, roughly 12 and a half to 16, I was just going to coast. And then from 16 to whenever I was just going to go totally balls out and just run until I croaked. And then I would just go ahead and just jog it in because I, I knew again, the end of the race was going to suck. So in case we, we start the race and it was really beautiful. I had no idea the desert could be that beautiful. Uh, obviously it's a lot different in February, like we were in versus what it would be like in the summer, but it was really pretty. And this was just a gradual downhill gravel road. Um, and you know, my goal is I was simply going to run under four hours. That, that's all I cared about. That's nine minute miles. Well, for the first 12 for the first 20 K. Um, I, it was all just gradual downhill and I felt really good. I actually didn't even run as slow as an eight minute mile, even though I was really thinking more running nine minute miles. So I was flying way faster than I thought I would. But then, you know, again, I was running it as a 20 K race. And then when I got to about the 20 K mark, the course turned radically downhill. And so I couldn't stop then. So I just kept going with it. I ran down, 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 down. And finally, about mile 16 is when things leveled off. Well, that's the point I'd said, well, I'm going to go balls out now. So I continued going just balls out until probably mile 21 or 22. I got a, I think it was a hamstring cramp that stopped me. I ended up walking for about a minute and a half before I could work this hamstring cramp out. And then I got going again. At that point, my thinking was, well, you know what? I've accomplished everything I wanted to. I'm just going to go ahead and jog it in and I'll feel good about this. And um, it's kind of funny because I didn't even realize until the next day when I got back home and looked up, I'd missed the Boston qualifying time for my age group by two minutes and 37 seconds. And I always wondered if I knew what the qualifying time was, I, if I'd pushed it those last few miles, whether I could have actually gotten that qualifying time. Although I probably would, you know, knowing that time early in the race, I probably would have screwed up the whole thing, right? But in any case, um, but the moral of my story here was that you know, I was just in base building mode that winter and I had an opportunity to go run a race and I just totally kicked some butt basically. I mean, I ended up running like 23 minutes faster than what I expected to in the marathon that, you know, that's almost a full minute a mile. So, um, you just never know. And sometimes I think you gotta take advantage of situations, which is what I'm doing right now, being that I'm seemingly healthy. I, I, I probably should knock on wood because I, I know I'm probably only uh, minutes away from my next injury. <laughs> In fact, um, over Thanksgiving, uh, my back went out on me. I, I, I've become zealous about doing core work ever since I used to have some real bad lower back issues uh, some years ago. I mean, really debilitating, more muscular kind of stuff, but a kind of stuff where like, 
Um, I mean, there was one time I couldn't even get out of a hotel bed I was in in Florida. It, it was ridiculous. And But ever since I started doing core work, I've had no issues with the back. Well, unfortunately, with all my travels this month, I got away from it. And so my back kind of went out on me Thanksgiving night. Um, and for a couple of days, I really was just kind of uh, shuffling around. It was pretty bad. So um, like I say, sometimes I'm never more than a minute away from an injury, but I'm going to get back on that uh, core. Well, I already am already back on that core wagon, so to speak. So, um, so there, you know, like I say, it's kind of my counter arguments there. Periodization is good. It, it helps you keep your body fresher. It helps you keep you mentally fresher. Um, there's a lot of research about it. Anecdotally though, as I told you, sometimes, um, taking advantage of a situation, you know, when things are going well for you is not necessarily a bad thing either. And it could be, you know, whether it's increasing your mileage, your speed, but, you know, or, or maybe just the fact that you have a, a break, you know, maybe a break in your school schedule, your work schedule, um, whatever it is, you know, sometimes, um, you know, let's say you're an accountant and you know that, hey, spring just isn't going to work because, you know, basically from um, early in the year to April 15th, nobody sees you because, you know, you are just, you know, working on taxes all the time. So, you know, maybe that's not the best time of year, even though, you know, that's when people are typically, you know, building up for, uh, to, to run fast spring races. So, you know, again, look at your personal situation and, you know, periodization may work for you, but it may be a situation where sometimes you have to take advantage of the particular point you are in right there. So, uh, just a few observations and, um, for those of you who have been around for the entire year since I uh, took up the We Are Superman podcast again, I really thank you for sticking with me, and I hope it's been enjoyable and meaningful to you. And, um, you know, certainly, as I've always asked, let me know if there are certain subjects, certain people you'd like me to perhaps get on here. I do have some pretty uh, exciting uh, interviews coming up here in the near future. And uh, I, I hope I can keep doing the kinds of things that, that you really enjoy. So uh, please let me know about that. And if you're newer to the podcast, certainly welcome and really appreciate you having along. Please stick with me. I'm going to be hopefully doing a lot of great things on the We Are Superman podcast ahead. So um, again, thank you very much for listening. And um, you know, leave us a review. Leave us a uh, five-star rating on some of the podcast services. Uh, I really humbly appreciate all that. And um, you know, the, this Omicron variant has popped up, but fortunately, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal because so many people have gotten vaccinated. There's no reason to be panicking and imposing mask mandates, hopefully, and, um, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, keep getting vaccinated. I think that's really helping us get through this Omicron and whatever other variants, and hopefully we can get back to normal here. So, um, it's, uh, if you've been vaccinated, go get your booster. I know it helped me be able to travel and, um, visit with my family over Thanksgiving, and I hope it will vi help you visit with your family over the holidays up ahead. So um, looking forward to a lot more conversations with you. And then until next time, always be positive. Positive.